our lives can change at any given moment. Were there any fear or doubt? Of course, by going out on your own, there's a lot of uncertainties. But one thing about that, of course, the destiny you're on your own hand, mm -hmm. and it's all up to how you handle things. Welcome to Business Talk with Eric Chow and our brand new recording studio. Today we have Mr. Peter Yu to be with us. He's the chairman and managing principal of Yu and Associate, a specialized engineering firm based here in Elmwood Parks, New Jersey. Hi, Peter. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Eric. It's definitely great to have you on the show, Peter. Uh, in fact, I remember actually first meeting you about two years ago. However, I've actually known about you, uh, your geotechnical and environmental engineering firm, you and associates, as well as the nonprofit work that you have done well over four years ago. And one thing that, um, you know, I realize is that you are, you're definitely a, a very prominent figure in the New, New York, New Jersey business community. And also, um, more importantly, a very well-respected figure, uh, particularly in AAPI community space. And one thing I noticed from my interaction with you, Peter, um, you are an extremely humble person and you're always willing to help. So I'm, I'm just happy that you're taking time out of your busy schedule to come into the studio and share your insights and bring value to the audience. Sure, I, I hope I can do that. <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you for the kind words. And I yes, I remember we met at the uh, OCA New Jersey chapter and uh, where actually my wife and I have been involved in for quite some years. So uh, you guys, I'm, I'm always admire you guys spending so much time and dedicate your time to the community. Um, so I would try, you know, particularly my wife, actually, my wife participated a lot more than me. Wow. So. Give, giving credit to the wife already at the beginning. That's a smart move, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm taking that on. Happy uh, wife, happy life, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's more truth to that, right? <laughs> so let, let's get started. Um, so please tell the audience like who you are, right? A little bit about your, your firm and also your personal journey. And so the audience can get to know you better. Like many other Americans, um, I'm the first generation immigrant to this country. And I came to this country to study after high school. Uh, I went to uh, Texas. First, I went to Texas and, and get my bachelor degree in civil engineering. And then after I finished that, I went back to Hong Kong, in fact, and I worked there for one year. And after that, I came back for my uh, graduate schools at uh, UC Berkeley. And... Uh, after that, then I got a couple of job, job offers, and they wanted to send me over to New Jersey. One, one of them actually offered me to stay in California, but I, I kind of prefer the type of work better, the one in New Jersey, so I moved over to New Jersey. So since then, I stay in New Jersey until now. Um, I joined, actually, before I start up my firm, I joined two pretty um, reputable firms. The first one, particularly the first one, is a is a is a, a big firm. Uh, and then after four years there, I joined another smaller firm. 
So, it, in fact, it became a very good experience for me because the change from a big firm to a small firm, the way that a, a big firm operates and a small firm is very different, both the operation as well as the market, the clients, and, and so on and so forth. Was that intentional? In, in, you know, going from a big, bigger firm to a smaller firm so you can perhaps get more special project experience? Not really. <laughs> I, was uh -huh. not, I, I was not as smart as that. Uh -huh. You know, it's just that some, somehow, I guess I was lucky in the sense that when I first came out, you know, and because the first, first firm, big firm, was really doing those more like big projects. At the time, we were doing the... I was involved in the last... Uh, nuclear power plant design wow. in this country. After that, actually after that, that project actually never got built and it was designed and then it got shelved. Um, and then after that, you know, the company have a brick, brick reduction in force, right? I mean, because nuclear power plant, they have a lot of budget and they, they need a lot of people. So uh, after that, I was lucky enough to get onto another firm and then, but except this is a much smaller firm. So kind of like, it's not really I planned for it, but it just, you know, I was lucky. And I was really lucky that I did not miss a day of work. Because mm -hmm. right after that, I got this other firm and I joined the other firm where I have learned actually a lot of different things. Both firms gave me a, a very good experience as far as, I mean, I'm an engineer, right? So I was not really a, a business person. Yes. And at that time, I never thought of doing a, my own company because I always feel that as an engineer, when you first, your first, first five to 10 years is really where you accumulate your experience, learn different things and how to, how to handle different situations. That's a great point, Peter, that you brought up. Is that you? You never, um, never really thought about getting in business. Your, you know, for yourself. Uh, in fact, I don't know. I'm not sure if you knew, but uh, my background was also civil engineering. I uh, got my degree back, uh, back in back from Michigan, and I left that career fairly quickly. And I, as I look back, I think one of the reasons why I left that industry was because I, I felt that it would be so hard to start a business in this industry or to be successful in this industry. In fact, looking around where I was at that time, I couldn't, I didn't really see a whole lot of examples of success that kind of look like me, right? That can, that I can emulate. So maybe if I knew you like back in the 2000 or something like that, you know, that you, you know, if I knew you back then, probably my career would might, might have been different. I don't know. Uh, but it's just so great to see, you know, success stories like yourself because I think um, a lot of people can can get aspired to become, right? Something that they didn't think of yet, right? So maybe share with us, um, you know, how you embark on this entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey and how you, you know, transition a you know, from a technical career into, into the business world. When I first started, I never thought of being, uh, I own my own firm, mm -hmm. right? So I just continue to work, continue to, but then I, I, I guess I'm again on the lucky side because actually since then, I really never miss a day of work because the things that is either different challenges came and, uh, and then uh, just have to 
kind of adapt to it and make adjustment and all that. Uh, so the first, like I said, the first 10 years, 15 years, I, I didn't really think of uh, owning my own business. Uh, but then for some reason, I think I have some sort of connection with Florida in my early years because even my first firm, mm -hmm. the big firm, mm -hmm. Uh, they sent me down to Florida. Mm -hmm. I was down in Florida, I think for for like two, three months, and work on a actually again in, in a nuclear power plant project down there. Nuclear power plant uh, again. Yes, and <laughs> and um, so, but the difference is at that time, I didn't have any kids. Uh -huh. Right at that time, I went down with my wife, and we were staying down there. We worked. We work, uh, what, three days? No, we work four days and have a, a, a three days long weekend every week, which was, you know, really nice, right? And then on my second job, same thing again happened. I went down, I mean, they sent me down to, to Florida because they have an, a, a small office down in Florida. Uh, I, I didn't stay down there, though. I was kind of like flying back and forth. And now, now, of course, throughout the years, now I start having kids. Mm -hmm. So, so now I keep. So you were you? How long were you in Florida for? Oh, I was almost like at least 10, 15 years because I was down there going back and forth on things, uh -huh. and I accumulated a lot of mileage, <laughs> frequent <laughs> fire mileage. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, I, I actually I don't really mind because I didn't I didn't I was young I didn't really feel tired at the time. But it's just that somehow you miss some sort of, I mean, my, my, my kids grew up, right? I didn't, I miss a lot of school days with the kids. And then when I get to the point, at that point, I feel that I have significant amount of experience. And also throughout the year, I get my license. So I- You're, you're like your prof your professional, uh, professional engineer license. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel that, you know, I can make a change. So uh, at one point I was, uh, I, I was, I was up to a point that I was uh, kind of like in charge of the, you know, down in Miami, I was in charge of the Miami office. At that time already, because I was thinking about what, what should I do? And I was talking, actually, I was talking to my former employer. We have, I had a very good relationship with them. So I start actually talk about later on, we'll talk about succession plan. I start think, talking about building succession plan because if I walk away, if I leave, I cannot just leave like that because I was really holding a very important role down there. Mm -hmm. So I start uh, getting my succession plan, somebody down there to, to take my place mm -hmm. and um, you know then talking to to my uh, former employer and doing some research myself and then later on I did it and in fact I did it it's not that I'm not like uh, hey you know I have a bad relationship with my former employer and then I left the firm and we are kind of like don't talk to each other mm -hmm. no in fact my my former employer is very supportive of me mm. and so that makes things a lot a lot easier i see yeah that's an interesting point like a lot of people as they are thinking about transitioning out of the corporate world right into their own business having to maintain those relationships that you have built 
is I think is incredible, incredibly uh, critical, right? Um, you know, you talked about how you were actually planning for your way out of the company with your old employer, and I think as any any employer, they would appreciate right someone like that to come to them with that kind of honesty and preparation for so that they're not you know left. Holding it, the bag. It is very important. In fact, relationship is a very important item. That you know, particularly if you want to be in your own business, right? I mean, actually, anything, your job and the things, you don't want to have bad relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And whatever you can, I guess they said, don't burn your bridge, right? Type of thing. And so, so, Peter, were there any were there any fear or doubt when, before you? Of say, course, I'm, I'm going to set up my LLC <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, whatever the first thing that you did, right? Yes. Talk with us about that, like because I, I think our life we, we is based on the decisions that we make for at that moment. In fact, our lives can change at any given moment. Just like think of how, the moment we got married, right? That's a life changing moment, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the the day we have a child, boom your life has changed. So were there anything like that when it comes to, you know, starting your company or, or was it like a, a process that you went through, you know, like maybe you did like a, you know, the, uh, what do you call it, a Ben Franklin way, you know, write <laughs> on a piece of paper, draw a line in the middle, plus and minus. No, of course, there is a lot of to, to do that because you have a job, right? In a way, you have a really actually not a bad job. You're doing something that you were trained for, something that you're interested, that you want to do. You have a job. And by going out on your own, there's a lot of uncertainties, right? And and you don't know what's going to ahead of you. And But one thing about that, of course, now the destiny is on your own, own hand. And it's all up to how you handle things. Uh, so yeah, there, there is a lot of uh, sleepless night and what, what am I going to do? And particularly in the beginning, in the first five years of the business, it was really a, a very, very lot of challenges, a lot of struggle. And because in the first five years, first of all, when you came back, particularly actually for me too, because I work, although I did, do some project up in New Jersey, New York area, but most of my work at that time, uh, when I was with this other firm, it was done in Florida. So now your your market, your relationships and everything, the people you know are not really, you know, up here is not really as much as Florida. But on the other hand, I I don't really want to move down to Florida, okay? Um, So... Uh, so there is a lot of uncertainty here, but once I decide to do it, you know, I got to do it, right? And there was uh, first five years really not easy because, first of all, I do have actually significant amount of personal experience. Now, in our business, our type of business, is not just your own personal experience because the thing that we do is usually in a project there's a team of firms, team of companies, right? People have to know you. At the time, people nobody know you and associates. And so you have to build up that name so that 
first of all, you have to know what's going on now in the industry yourself, and then you have to let people know you. Mm-hmm. Because when when the, for our type of project is not like that, we don't sell any product. Is that uh, hey, you know, we open the door and people walk in, mm-hmm. right? So, so what we need to do is we need to know what's going on, and we need to let other people know us. So, so that's the time. A lot of that to to build the first several years is build that. And, um, so building your Rolodex, so to speak. Yes, building your Rolodex, and in fact, you got you got to go to how do you how do you know what's going on out there? You cannot just sit in your office and and wait. So you have to go out to meet people. You have to go to different functions, and I can tell you, I hate that. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, you don't seem to you don't seem to hate it just based on all the events I've seen you at. <laughs> well, no, I mean <laughs> the event, general event is different. You you don't have any pressure, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all you, for fun, like because fun all those food. things for fun, and you go there. But now you go to the to the function. Your purpose is to like build your rolodex. Your purpose is to talk to people, find out what's going on, and. And other people is doing the same thing, right? They are doing the same thing, but in the beginning, when you are small, when you are no name, people don't want to talk to you, because they also doing their own business development, right? I mean, talking to this guy, <laughs> he 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 is new to this this field, so th- those are the things that I don't like because when you try to talk to people, sometimes you got people. You can see that, right? If the people are genuinely want to talk to you, it's very friendly, very you know, enthusiastic. But a lot of time, they people just kind of like talk to you, couple, couple, you know, uh, a minute or so, and then walk away, and or sometimes give you lip service and all that. It's a, it's a bad feeling, right? The only thing is that one thing important is just that you need to be persistent. In a way, I guess I have no choice at the time. Even regardless whether I like it or not, I have to do it if I want to survive. If I want to, you know, continue, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can I can last. Yeah, you know, Peter. I think um, there's a saying, right? Success leaves clues, and I think what you just said is. Uh, I hope the audience really caught it. Is that sometimes when it comes to uh, being good at a job or being successful, right? It's not about, it's not always about doing things that you love, right? It's, it's doing the things, whatever that it takes for you to get to, to that. To achieve what ex- you want. Your standard yeah. yes. or your expectation. So yes. thank you for that. Uh, I put that down. Persistent. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm glad uh, you share that, uh, the tough moments with us here. Uh, and I hope the audience will get motivated and, uh, and stay focused. Stay focused uh, despite of, the, of those challenges. So now we're going to pivot a little bit to the, um, you know, we're going to stay in the early days too. Because I think um, as you're building your business, right, mentorship, you know, it plays a critical, a crucial role. Right in terms of your personal and professional development. In fact, uh, you know, I'll be curious to find out from you, like who were who were some of the early mentors that you had, right? 
when you had your business uh, and how, how did that shape your entrepreneurial journey? And, you know, as a business, you know, successful entrepreneur yourself, uh, what advice would you have for aspiring professionals who are really seeking mentorship, right, to accelerate either their career growth or their entrepreneurial uh, journey? In fact, my <clears throat> early mentorship is, again, primary from my former employer. Mm -hmm. um, the first firm I worked for is pretty much strictly technical, mm -hmm. right? But that was my first few years. That was expected. That's what you yes, wanted. Right. And then the second uh, company, I also gained a lot of different technical issues. But I have the opportunity in my second firm, I have the opportunity to work pretty much directly with two principles. Mm. Well, one is more primary and the other one is, you know, I also get a chance to work with. And also some, a few others, which I don't, I, I work with, but not on an ongoing, I mean, uh, uh, continuous basis. Mm -hmm. So the good thing about working, get an opportunity to work in multiple supervisors, principals, because I have the two principles, they have two very different working styles. Okay. Right, so. Different from you or different? Different among between themselves? the two of them. Okay. So I get the opportunity of learning, you know, different style, mm -hmm. right? And that's really an advantage for me. And also as my own career grew within that company, I grew up to the point where I start getting into like project management, financial uh, things about the company, you know, be, besides the technical and besides the general operation of the company. So that's why I say most of my mentor really come from my former employer. I never received formal uh, business training, mm. no management training. All the things I pretty much is learned from, you know, from the job in a way. Trial. Yeah, first is under my mentor when in the other company. Uh -huh. And then when I start my own, then of course it's more like making a lot of mistakes <laughs> and find out how I shouldn't do it this way and do it that. And, that, and that's how I get into the business. Mm. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not really a business person, so... So it's just that because I, I do have that training and, and now I get into something like this, which is actually it's a satisfaction because I, when, I, when I do my job, it's a sense of satisfaction because being in civil engineering, you, can, you do something that uh, you, you design or something, you can see afterward. Here, this is my project, yeah. right? Uh, and then, and when I have my own company, I can I can see. Although my company is not to the you know a pretty big company to the point is you know very successful or or all over the country or all over the world. It's a small company, but still you know you see that group of staff you know, working together. It's like a like a, a family. And and it's a, it's again it's a sense of satisfaction. Well, Peter, I think you are being very humble. First of all, um, you know when, when you when we look at you and associate as a whole, right? I mean, it's it's uh, they do very significant work, you know, meaningful work. Uh, you know, many award winning projects that uh, you and your team have done. 
Uh, it's a team of 60 employees. In fact, I was looking yesterday on your job bulletin. You guys are continuing hire, continue to hire and want to add more capacity. I think there's like 10 positions open on there right now. So if you guys are looking for a career <laughs> in the geotech, look at, look at you and associates. Um, but it's really no small task, right, to grow from zero to to even one employee, to having the one employee with you that believe in you, right? Not to mention you have 60 plus that that believes in the mission of the company or that 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 wants to be part of that culture of you and associates. I applaud you, you know? And I think you deserve a lot of the accolades that is that well, pointing your way. Is, this is not, you know, one person cannot do everything. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a team effort mm -hmm. and it's important to uh, as the firm grows, it's very important to you, uh, surround yourself with people better than you mm -hmm. so that they can help you out. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we always have to work as a team together. Absolutely. Well, now we're going we're gonna to move a little bit forward to, uh, you know, the, maybe we can move to, fast forward to some of the challenges, okay? Uh, recently, especially during the pandemic and now coming out of the pandemic in terms of how your industry is adjusting, right, to those uh, world, really world event. Um, and what lessons did you learn, right? Or what, did, what lesson did the team learn uh, of adjusting to, the, to those type of new, the new world of doing business? Yeah, I think as we, as the firm grow, of course, you know, I'm, I myself is a geotechnical engineering in training. So I need to uh, get different talents in different disciplines in order to, because we do, we do besides geotechnical, we do geotech, environmental, and site civil design, right? Basically everything's uh, on, you know, pretty related. Anything the beyond the building, not, yeah. not the building inside itself, beyond and underneath <clears throat> is the foundation. You, you work on things that are mostly invisible, invisible from the... From the well, the <laughs> geotechnical is invisible, but the site design is visible. When site design is, is on the surface, like, yes. like when you go to a site, there's access, there's parking lot, there's uh, drainage grading and drainage and things like that. But the geotech, geotech and environmental are more... Uh, invisible because which is most important most important yeah, you got to build a strong foundation right <laughs> yeah it's very challenging yeah work. it's interesting work so we were talking about some as we grow and if you record i mean no business i guess maybe there are some i don't know some these days with the high tech some some firms just keep growing right and um, our type of work is more like uh Traditional civil engineering is one of the oldest industry. And we always have ups, ups and downs. And if you recall uh, back in 20, uh, that was 2008, 2009, when the financial problem came up. Yep, the Great and, Recession. Uh, right. We, everybody mm -hmm. got hit. Mm -hmm. and was, we, we did that. We had, uh, we had a tough time too. Uh, back in those days, um, and then, then after I think since 2012 or so, we start recovering, okay, and and we continue to recover, really re good recovery, 
from then until the pandemic, it was like pretty much continuous uh, recovery. And just before the pandemic, the the firm actually we experienced the best time of the of, of the history. But then all of a sudden, you know, you know what happened, right? Yes. The pandemic came with almost no warning. And 2020, starting, I guess, uh, second quarter of 2020, right? I mean, we, we people start, uh, we cannot go to the, go to work, or to work from home. And a lot of project was put on, on pause. And uh, so it really, we got hit really hard. And in 2020, we were still not too bad. 2020, because we have some, a good backlog from the earlier years. So we continue to work, even though work from home, we still good thanks to the technology these days, right? And so we, we continue to work uh, from home. But then 2021, was 2021 and 20, actually even 2022 was the worst year because now all of a sudden a lot of those things not, people, nobody wants to do things. And even their project, they are kind of like put on hold. So we were really hit hard. And of course, like everybody else for small business, fortunately, we did get the, the PPP, PPP loan. To, otherwise, we'll be in big trouble. I guess a lot of firms in big trouble. Um, and then in the last quarter of 2022, we start recovering again. And now, continue into 2023, we are looking really strong. And that's why you see that we have a lot of opening. Because that, that thing, the pandemic really changed the whole way of doing business. Can you give me maybe one or two examples? Yes, like, uh, you know, uh, right now, most people, a lot of people work from home, right? And and it doesn't really, because the, the good thing, again, we can have virtual meeting from home. We can a lot of things do online. It doesn't seem to be affecting the, the efficiency the productivity or, or the productivity and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we do miss things because, particularly for the for the the younger gen, uh, younger staff, because now when you first came out from school, okay, you go to the office. The office almost nobody you know, or very few people. It, it's it's a it's a bad feeling. I feel sorry for them because sometimes when I go to the office, you know, the, when I came out from 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 school, yeah, everyone was yeah, everyone there. was there. In <laughs> fact, the first first day I went to the office, I cannot find a space to sit. <laughs> well, we don't have that issue today, <laughs> right? Right now, Jesus, I mean, you go there, and and the the problem with that is besides that, it's a good, not a good feeling. Is also when you first came out from school. You want to have in-person interaction, right? Although you can look at the computer screen, it's different. It's not the same. You go to the office. uh, You have some. Sometimes you don't. You you talk to each other. Uh, Most of the time, of course, business. But sometimes it's not all business, right? I mean, relationships. You you have yeah. you, You have some social time, social hours. 
uh, and things like that. But now all of a sudden you, you work from home, everybody work from home, then the, you know, uh, the young people, like again, talk about mentorship, right? When you, you know, as a senior people, you need, you need, you want to do the mentoring. And so you need to, uh, you have a direct per in-person relationship. So that's something that I think that we miss. And, and I always feel that it is, uh, it's not good for the younger yeah. junior staff. Yeah. So Peter, let, let me ask you, like, are there any, you know, obviously we are in a different work environment, right? Um, are there any things that, that you and associate is doing, uh, maybe things that have worked that will bring, that will um, bring some of the experience, our you know interactive experience back to the the, the team. Um, things that you you know maybe you're being intentional on, because um, obviously happy hour over Zoom is not the same mm -hmm. <laughs> as you you know sitting on the patio and and right. just having a conversation face to face. So. What are some of the things that you guys are doing that that, that you find is helpful? Well, we, we try to, of course, we try to do kind of like company event, try to do together. Would you say you have more now compared to before? We not necessarily have more because it seems like people right now so get used to. And we're trying to do, of course, we always, every year we have our... In the summer, we have our picnic together. Mm -hmm. okay. In the winter, uh, we do have our Christmas parties. Mm -hmm. And then we sometimes, we would do some like bowling nights and things like that to get together, uh, different kind of things. Like Halloween, we have, uh, what do you call that? Uh, pumpkin uh, competition. Carving? Oh, <laughs> carving. Pumpkin <laughs> competition, okay. Yeah. Is there is there age limit on that one? <laughs> I have a five-year-old. <laughs> no, no limit for that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that that's not easy mm -hmm. because uh, you know, I mean, one important thing is you need to try to pull the different age people together, mm -hmm. right? I yes. Mean, is sometimes uh, when they get so get used to the, the home. Now, although right now we're not like totally work from home. Right now we have. We we encourage people. Actually, we said we require to come twice a week, and encourage to come the rest of the uh, rest of the week too. Okay. So, but in terms of like, I guess another question is, how do you plan for your real estate? You know, the the size yeah, of the that's, office. That's the other the where, other thing that change. Right. If you don't know how many people are coming in at a certain right. time. Um, I think a lot of companies are struggling with that. Oh yeah, that that that's what we are ourselves. Uh huh. Because we have a we actually you, you we moved have, to a new office, right? Uh, uh, in you moved to a new uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we move. If we move, I guess if if that happened this year, we'll be probably definitely do it differently. Uh, so uh, did you move into a bigger space? Well, or, the or? space is not so much bigger, but it's uh -huh. a better layout, easier okay. layout. Because you had a pretty big space already. Yeah, <laughs> easier layout, and uh, we make it very nice and uh -huh. try to get people to the office. But still, uh, I mean, I have to say, though, working from home in a personal level, it, it's a lot easier because you save all those traffic, uh, you know, commute time. Right, you save the commute time, and and with with these days with the with the teams and zooms, and 
it's make it more efficient. In fact, you know, make it a lot even for our work, meeting with the client, right? A lot of times these days are more like meeting online rather than go to the office. More we, efficient, right? Yeah, when we went to the uh, we we have a lot of work in New York City, and when we in the past we went to New York City to meet. And one hour meeting can easily be three hours, four hours because you gotta go, go back and forth with the traffic, with the with the thing. So it, nowadays, one hour meeting is one hour meeting. So you can pack a lot of meeting in one day. <laughs> so uh, so you cannot say you know we don't lose productivity, you don't lose efficiency. But I have to say that for a personal level, I mean. Working from home is definitely, I mean, you can, your hour can be more flexible and you can do other things. But again, as a, as a company, I think totally work from home is, is not really uh, the best thing to do. Mm. I agree. I agree. I certainly agree. And, um, then, and then the other thing with the, you talk about the recent challenges, right? Or besides his working styles, the other thing here is this. Somehow, after the pandemic, the workforce seems to be less than before. Mm-hmm. And you mean the availability uh, of, yeah, of uh, workers? You know, I mean, we always want to recruit people. We always yes. want to, you know. I mean, we every every year uh, we visit universities, uh, their job fair and things because we need to continue to, and that's actually really part of the succession plan for a company because you have to have the younger people to come in. Uh, but these days, it's very difficult to to get the mid-level people. That's why uh, since the pandemic, for some reason, it seems like uh, now, particularly now, when the, when the people come back, uh, there's a lot of work coming back, different type of work coming back. And every company is looking for people, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's very difficult. And I think these days the recruiter are the one that <laughs> doing the, the best business because so they many- have more are, leverage. Yeah, because yeah. everybody is, now, now is the really the, uh, what do you call it? Not the employer have, have a hard time to find people. So now is a good time for, for, for the employee because they have a lot of uh, choices, a lot of things. Uh, so, so that's another, another big challenge these days. Hiring. Yeah. is a hiring and keeping, not only hiring, keeping your own people mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's all over the place people come and solicit them. Everybody, everybody re- receive a call from a recruiter. Right, right. So, so it, it, it's uh, a, a real challenge. I think that it's a good uh, segment into our next conversation, right? Because, um, you know, after being in, really running your company for over almost thir- over 30 years, right? It just crossed over uh, 30th anniversary. And you, as you really think about the uh, succession of your company, um, you mentioned to me that you recently you recently relinquished your your position as the president of the company and now as a chairman and managing principal of you and associates. Um, and I think you have a, a great leader coming coming behind you. 
um, uh, Andrew, Andrew Lang, um, wonderful gentleman as well, had a delightful conversations with him. Um, so talk, and I think this is a topic that a lot of business owners, especially nowadays, right? I mean, with the, the aging of the baby boomers, right? They, those who have businesses, they have to think about those planning, right? Um, so talk, talk with us in terms of how you approach the succession planning as you reach your retirement stage and, uh, and what steps have you taken to, to really ensure a smooth transition of leadership within your company and also maybe speak on ways that you're developing uh, future leadership in your company, um, how you can preserve company culture and also transferring the wealth of knowledge that you have. Yeah, actually, um, succession planning is actually is a major, major thing for actually not only business, but any kind of organization, Absolutely. right? If you want to continue, because every one of us, there is a limit, right? Up to a certain time, you're going to have to come down and somebody has to take over. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we can, things that we could plan for, right? And But there are also things that we cannot plan for, you know, who knows we're going to be here tomorrow, right? That's so right. so right. it's not just for those who are going into retirement, by the mm. way. <laughs> this, yes. is, this conversation is for really everybody that owns a business. Yeah, that's why it is succession planning. It's just like, it's pretty much tied to your staff. These two things are the, the key, particularly for us, for professional firm. You know, because our business, we don't like a guest. We don't manufacture a cup. We don't manufacture anything. All we do is we we provide service, right? It's our staff. So um, your staff and your succession planning is pretty much tied together. Succession plan planning is actually a continuous thing. And when you, if we say, hey, you know, I want to, do my succession planning, say I have only like uh, three years, five years to retire, you don't have enough time. And and you cannot plan the succession planning at the at the at the end or, or, or when you are about want to step out. The so when you say continuous thing, continuous like continuous thing meaning you have to identify your uh the key people. When you start recruit people, right, and even even from the the ju very junior people, and of course you want to give them the the best opportunity to learn, to gain experience. You treat them well and try to that's their career here. They have to take the job as the career rather than just a job, so that they can they can they can stay with you, um, and. Uh, identify the persons that you, you believe it is potentially the person. Identify them early uh, and then, of course, give them the, mo the, the best opportunity and let them perform. And sometimes we have to kind of empower them to do things. Sometimes one of the things that we are uh, almost maybe we are 
too concerned. I, I, I know that I did that. Way. I, I came up from a project engineer to a project manager and thing, and I have people, because in the beginning, we work on our own. We report to our supervisor. Yes. As, as our own career grow, now somebody else working under you. And sometimes the transition is you always don't feel, you don't feel comfortable because you always feel that the people helping you, maybe they are not good enough or maybe they are they don't know how to do things, right? You don't, you, you, you're afraid to let them do it. But I think what we need to do is to see as for, to me, as long as the person, like again, for professional service, if they have a, a good background, good training, they have a brain, you know, head, how, how they think, um, all these other things, skill set, experience can be accumulated as long as they, they can think the right way and you give them the direction. So at one point, you got to empower them to do things. You cannot just say, I hold on to, always worry that they can, yeah, people make mistakes, but, you know, uh, you just have to, you just have to, Get the mistakes, and then you learn more, or you, you you would remember more if you make the mistake yourself. Only thing I do want to caution for our business. One thing is that we have to be very careful. Although I said to empower them, but one of the things that we got to be careful is because we have a lot of liability in our type of business, and that's something that you want to make sure. Uh, you get enough training for your people because we don't, when we go to school, we never learn about those things. Just like business management, we never learn a business management in school. We never learn, hey, you know, uh, the legal aspect of things or uh, the, uh, the liability of stuff. Okay. So so the first point is uh, picking or, or, or selecting the, the key people that could potential early. Put early. Who can potentially be the success successor of the mm-hmm. of the company, uh, and and empower them with caution. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. what would be the second point that uh, well, when it comes then, to succession planning? And then, of course, you, be, besides the one that you know, like your let's say if your business owner, you're the first generation, then. Then you identify your second generation, but at the same time, you continue to identify the lower generation. Mm. Uh, gotcha. Because that it's like building layers of leaderships. Yes, and and then because it takes time, yeah. it's not like that. A good engineer, an excellent engineer, does not necessarily mean that this engineer can take up a company and run. Okay, because this engineer can be very smart, very sharp. But it's just that doing a bus- uh, dealing with the business is, is, is somewhat different, right? I mean, uh, even though our business is still primary on technical, on technical things, but still, it's still a business that you need to go out, get business, you need to do the work, you got to send out your invoice, <laughs> you got to be able to collect, uh, you know, uh, money, fees. otherwise you don't have, <laughs> otherwise your companies cannot sustain, right? Right. You got to go through all those steps. Absolutely. So. Okay. Well, this, this session is flying by, Peter. I think we have maybe five minutes left. 
So we're going to cover one last topic, uh, which is uh, which is your your community contribution. Uh, in fact, you know Tony Robbins uh, believes that there are there are six human needs, core human needs that we have: certainty, uncertainty, significance, love, and these are the first four, right? And these are just basic, universal across anyone doesn't matter where you're from. And for those who have uh, achieved a certain level of success or who, who strive to live a great life, right? Uh, there are two qualities that are, that are important to these, those people, which are growth and contribution. And, and I wanna bring this topic up because you know, I have witnessed both you and your wife, Helen, being you know, very active in the community, providing resources to various organizations. So maybe speak with us how, um, you know, how you, you know, really balancing running a, a successful business, right? And also dedicating your time and resource to various uh, organizations and philanthropy. Well, see, I, again, uh, I can't really take much credit on doing that because, you know, I've been, uh, you ju you being humble again, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> no, I, again, I mean, I've been uh, kind of like throughout my, I guess, my career, my life so far, I dedicate most of my time on 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 work. Uh, I don't know if it is the right thing to do or, or not. But again, on the other hand, too, I I I do remember uh, the committee is important because we are now living in a in a community. Whatever we do, even I do a. Uh, do business. I rely on, you know, I want to improve the community. You know, that's that civil and what civil engineering. Yes, does. physically, really improving right. the community. <laughs> and uh, on the other hand, we, you know, giving back to the community is very important. Unfortunately, because of the time that I dedicate so much on my work, I didn't have a lot of time. So I would try my best to do to participate whatever I can. Um, like if there is some event, there's something that I would do, or if there is something I can be a sponsor and, and if I, I can do it, I would be, you know, at least if not the time financially, I can be, you know, a sponsor because I always, particularly, I, you know, that we know each other from, from OCA and yeah, we feel it's that organization of Chinese American, oh, New Jersey yeah. chapter. Right. Mm -hmm. The OCA it's a very the mission of OCA is very you know that's what we we believe and we want to be because again we are Asian right I mean from Asian there's always some uh, barrier that we need to we need to go through yes. and we need to help each other out and uh, again I, like I say my wife participate quite a bit in, you know, right now she is not on the board, but I think she's several years ago. She has served enough time yeah, she, she was there. <laughs> in the past. Yeah. So, and, but now, I mean, we are, we still, we're lifetime member with OCA. Thank you. So we continue to participate, whatever, you know, things we can do. I think this, this session will be watched by many OCA members. <laughs> so, well, you know, we're coming to an end. Peter, um, but there's uh, one question I really have to ask for the audience, right? And let's say if somebody um, ran into you at a 
local coffee shop or, or tea shop, whatever that is. And then, oh, that's Peter Yu from Yu and Associate. And I'm an engineer too. Maybe one day I want to start my own company, right? Um, what would be one, maybe two, one or two, right? Advice that you can give to this gentleman or, or, or lady uh, who has the aspiration to become entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like I said, I think I mentioned before, just, uh, if you want to be a business owner, okay, don't give up easily, persistent on things. Mm -hmm. And because you're going to face with a lot of difficulty, particularly in the beginning. Does it get easier? Well, later on, it does get easier. Right? <laughs> that's uh, the good news. <laughs> uh, because that, that, that's good. Yeah, we want to, it, it, it will get easier because in the beginning, it is difficult. Mm -hmm. And so you, you want to do your best, don't give up. And also, if you are in professional business, there's a lot of different things in professional business. At least my, my philosophy is do what you can do best. Do right? what and, you can do best. And, and because uh, this is what you get training. And if it, I'm, I don't mean that you cannot get into other things, but when you get into other disciplines, because yourself do not have that kind of training, you got to surround yourself with other talents. In fact, the people who are smarter than you, it would be even better because they are into different areas. They have different training. They can help, help you out in different areas. And then you work as a team. Mm. So same, same concept as marrying up, you hire up, right? right. <laughs> wow, great points. You know, Peter, uh, this session just flew by. I hope it feels the same way for you. Yes, um, yes. First I, time I got onto this thing, I thought that it's going to be difficult. Well, <laughs> Peter, it won't be the last time. I can, I can assure you that. Um, so thank you so much for being with us. Peter, appreciate your time and your resource. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next show. Hey, guys, this is a wrap. Be sure to follow us on social and subscribe to our podcast channels such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and turn on the notification on YouTube. And we'll see you next time.